1: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, welcome to Remote Control, the Variety's TV podcast. I'm Deborah Burnham. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On today's episode, we're talking with Sam Esmail about the season finale of Mr. Robot. Stay tuned. Mm I'm Deborah Birnbaum, and it's my pleasure to welcome back Sam Esmail. Hi. So you did our pilot episode. you come back for another I one. I know.
0: I figured I got to return at some point.
1: Thank you so much. Well, I think the season finale is a good excuse to do so. Yeah. Good timing. So how are you feeling about this season? What were the themes that you wanted to accomplish going into it?
0: Well, we we really wanted, in this sort of ever-evolving journey of Elliot and, and his sort of internal battle with Mr. Robot, we wanted to take that next step. And so... Whereas the first season was all about realization, and the second season was essentially this like you know full on battle between the two. Uh, the third season we wanted to explore the disintegration. You know, uh, what if Elliot gets his wish and um, and he doesn't see Mr. Robot or talk to Mr. Robot? Um, what does that look like? And so. Um, and I think you know we sort of it took us into really interesting areas because it, it was honestly just kind of exploring the two psyches of a person uh, who are literally at odd, you know at odds with themselves. So um, it, it took us into really interesting territory. And then by the end of the season, we kind of see them. Come back together. Maybe it's not so easy to just banish one side of you. You know,
1: not so much. <laughs> and I should caution everyone too. Please watch the season finale before you listen to the rest Absolutely. of this. Absolutely, spoilers. 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 are coming. We're going to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, talk about that theme of duality and disintegration because we really see that kind of you know him sort of fall apart a lot this season.
0: Yeah, and you know the duality is something I think is inherent in in the not not just Elliot but all the characters and actually the world and. Um, and we're kind of in, in in reality in our world kind of facing that too where we really are kind of divided and have these two sides uh, uh, to ourselves and w- what we value and what we don't and, um, and w- in terms of just specifically with Elliot um, I think you know there's this really incredible incredibly passionate side of him that really wants to you know like he said in the first season save the world um, but then there's this really destructive side to that and that's really embodied in Mr. Robot, and does it take that to get the other? Um, that's just something I think um, kind of goes into that moral ambiguity that uh, really comes out in interesting ways with people, and we kind of do, again do that with all the characters. Is it, you know is a good and good and bad really that clean cut, or is there something in between? You know.
1: They sort of, I mean, Elliot and Mr. Robot kind of find their peace with each other this season, but yeah. I have a feeling that's not going to last
0: going forward. Well, you know, it's interesting because again, we don't. I we try and uh, look at these things in stages and and in terms of the seasons and and, and, Elliot and Mr. Robot's relationship, we've seen we've seen them not get along, <laughs> to put it <laughs> to put it nicely. But um, um, I remember some fights. Yeah, there there, there mm-hmm. are some fights, and um, and actually, I think. Um I think now the interesting path to take is well well no, what if they do get along? What if they do find common ground? Um so um I think that's something we're gonna probably explore in the in the next season.
1: What plan you know and congratulations on getting picked up for another season. Thanks. What plans do you have for this season? Is it something you've already had in mind and arced out?
0: Yeah, I mean this is just sort of continuing that overall story that I had initially from the from the get-go um, when this was originally conceived as a feature and um, and yeah we're again like what I was just saying is that you know we'll, we've we ex- explored these sort of different stages of Elliot and Robot and, and his sort of internal struggle and now we're getting into that stage where you know if this season was about disintegration that the next season will then start to explore what happens when they do integrate what happens when they do come together and then of course the story um, sort of takes a big pivot this season um you know elliot elliot's sort of revolution and his ideas of saving uh the world um were essentially co-opted by white rose and the dark army and um and now that they've sort of exposed themselves to elliot um he's sort of making that pledge that he you know he's kind of delivering on that promise that we set up in the pilot which is to take down the top one percent of the one percent which he which is now sort of Personified by White Rose.
1: So that's going to be his new mission going forward. Yeah. Um, this season also had a lot of the characters sort of in positions of peril. You know, there were moments where you just thought people were going to die. What are the stakes? I mean, are you willing to kill off characters if necessary?
0: Yeah, we we follow the story, and sometimes it's heartbreaking. And um, and you know, we do we do kind of follow this sort of cosmic justice. that I think. Um, that I I, I think we try and honor uh, throughout the show um, that if, you know, if things happen, for example, Joanna, um, you know, Joanna essentially getting Terrell off for a brutal murder, um, then that kind of uh, gets uh, uh, gets balanced out you know, uh, by that same sort of level. So um, it's things like that that we sort of weirdly kind of um, honor. And it, it doesn't mean that it's like a one-to-one ratio. It's obviously there's a lot of chaos on the show too. Um, but, you know, we, we tend to just like, uh, you know, like, for example, Trent and Mobley's deaths was heartbreaking. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted to do In fact, I think we argued about it uh, for several weeks in the room um, to trying to contort and find ways to save them. Um, but then that kind of told us, as we were just kind of doing these acrobatics, that uh, ultimately there's there's really no way that they, you know, the story was telling us that they had really have to die.
1: What other biggest arguments that you had in the room?
0: What I'm sorry, sorry. Sorry,
1: what were the other bigger arguments that you had in the room?
0: Oh my god. Well, I I know was, Joanna was definitely a, a big one too. Um, I mean, we were. She was kind of like a, a very fascinating character that. Really jumped off the screen with Stephanie's portrayal, and we were really we enjoyed writing for her in season two, and so we really um, that that one really burned, and it and it and it and the, and the fact that it happened so early in the season uh, uh, really caused a disruption in the room. Um, I, you know, I think um, I think we argued a lot about uh, uh, how much we were going to show of the Terrell uh, Backstory. I think that there was like this debate of, um, do we want to give out all the answers? And for for me, it was always like, you know, this shows like you you kind of always have to balance out the mystery with um, potentially alienating viewers and not giving them anything and everything being sure other than mystery. Um, and uh, but I, you know, that was kind of more of a healthy debate, and, and that's something that we, you know, it's it's a fine, it's a tightrope that you have to walk um, because. You know, at the end of the day, um, you want to satisfy, but at the same time intrigue, and that's that's always a delicate balance.
1: I think that's been a hallmark of the show—the sort of narrative and creative risks that you take. The Tyrell standalone episode, doing the episode in one take—how much freedom does that give you to tell the story you want to tell?
0: I think it's you know. This is this is the value of TV. I mean, I know there's a, this dumb TV movie debate that's going on uh, with critics. I don't know why everyone's so sensitive about it. I get that it was silly that Twin Peaks, which is the best t- television show of the year, um, uh, was a ra- nice plug, <laughs> um, was ranked number two as a movie on some poll, and then. This caused an uproar. I don't know why. I don't know if, if it matters or, or, or if anyone cares. The one thing I will say is TV is different. It's definitely different. And it's got its own um, uh, rhythm and its own sort of form of art that you can uh, express very differently um, than than film. And um, and the, the the question you asked me is, what, is essentially what that liberty gives you is to say, hey, I'm going to tell a chapter that's a standalone that's different from all the other episodes. It's not necessarily about the overarching story but um, but kind of like a slice of life, a, a vignette. And that's something you typically can't do in a film because of the c- kind of uh, constrained running time. Um, and so with Tyrell and The and the Wonder, those are things, those are stylistic things that kind of represented that episode's story really f- fully and um, and we were able to adjust. It's the same thing that I do with the, the, uh, the title card. We're able to do it differently every episode to sort of represent that story. And I think that's a, that's a great thing about TV, um, especially when compared to, like, movies.
1: Absolutely. I don't know. I'm with you on the debate. It just seems silly to me. But you also had started Miss, Mr. Robot as a feature. So I think this just gives you more narrative room to play with.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to do all of these, the Terrell standalone. That I mean, that that would have been a little silly to do in a movie to just go off on a tangent for thirty minutes or whatever for for another character that doesn't end up kind of being involved in the main story thread. So, um, I'm, 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 I don't think this could have been a movie. I think the the fact that I was so in love with these other characters, and I was in love with the fact that we could tell every section of the story in a different way, filmmaking wise. Um, that you know that all, again, all of that could only happen on TV.
1: I'm also thinking back to your Alf episode. I mean,
0: yeah, that's another one. I mean, again, like ne- like I'll, I'll give you the, like i remember Natural Born Killers, right? So Natural Born Killers kind of does it. He Oliver Stone kind of switches tone and um, and goes into a sitcom at, at one point um, to sort of represent every section of the film. Um, and i uh, and I'm a big fan of that movie but when i take a step back it feels very schizophrenic it feels like it's it's got a lot of energy but i'm not entirely sure i cohesively got a point by the or i arrived at a point at the end of the movie as much as i i think the craft of the filmmaking and the performances and the writing uh, uh, was great but I think in TV it allows you to kind of because uh, you know, the other thing about the Natural Born killer segment is that was a very quick thing and it can c- kind of feel a little glib or you know, a little bit for the uh, stylistic uh, flourish. Here, I think we were allowed to kind of... Actually, I, and I know that we got the criticism that we were in it a bit too long. Um, uh, I totally disagree by the way uh, <laughs> I would have liked to actually have done the whole episode in sitcom, but I think there was a there was it, it was we got to explore what that meant for Elliot to be in that world and why he chose to be in that world and um I just think there's something about that that you can get into a really sublime place when you get when you can um really dive deep into it like that
1: how supportive of, is USA of these choices of yours
0: uh, too supportive I mean they're they're I mean, I have come to them with some crazy stuff, and they never blink, and it's really weird. And I know that um, it, this is rare because I've talked to other showrunners. <laughs> it's and rare. It's rare. And um, and I never want the relationship to end. I think they're they're just amazing. And and look at you know, I mean, again, look at the show. Look at how much we've done, and look at what they've kind of allowed us to do in the first season up till now and it it just they just continue to be so open and collaborative so i'm really grateful
1: i know you'll never show your hand but do you have other creative tricks up your sleeve planned
0: for next season well you know we never um it never comes out like that that we um it's never you know we don't sit down and say you know we should do a sitcom episode this season we'll f- you know we'll you know we'll force the story into that or or even this season with the the one take episode it we never kind of think outside you know externally first we we really kind of break the story and then let 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 that tell us how that episode wants to be filmed
1: i know you've always objected to the word twists but those narrative storytelling techniques that you used in the first season and the second season you didn't really have it this season there wasn't some sort of big pull the rug out from under people
0: well i you know I I think that the that the seventy one buildings moment, um, if anything, I mean, look, if the first season was about um, was about the reveal being Elliot, you know, uh, Elliot realizing that he is Mister Robot. That that was something I think everybody kind of knew, except for Elliot, right. obviously. And then in the second season, it was Elliot kind of withholding something from us. The third season was really about. Everybody was fooled. I mean, every White Rose was kind of uh, pulling the strings, and so in a way, that was sort of, if you want to call it, our big reveal uh, of the season. That that was that was what uh, was, it was meant to be. But I think the difference was this wasn't sort of a reality bender. Um, we we um, uh, we weren't inside Elliot's head like we were in the first two seasons. This was kind of like your classic thriller. Uh, reveal where um, what you thought where you thought you were headed um, just took a you know huge U turn you know.
1: One of the other things I loved about the season too, was the addition of Bobby Cannavale, which I feel like added yeah. um, like so humor to the show yeah. in a way that I just didn't expect. What did he bring from your perspective?
0: Well, he brought that. He brought humor, but I think he just brought another. D- I mean, the thing about great uh, actors like that, and um, you know from writing it on the page to having him fully realize it is that he just changes the entire tone of the of the show of the series and 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 it it just adds this other kind of dimension to it where um, we have cuz you know we always play with these sort of interesting idiosyncratic characters and then Bobby just kind of takes it to an 11 just right above the dial that you should you know where it shouldn't work but because like you know because I had Bobby it does and he pulls it off and, um, and it just kind of electrifies the entire series and kind of brings it into this uh, new kind of, uh, ascends it to this different kind of tone that we all sort of liked and appreciated. And we knew that this season in particular was going to get really heavy with a lot of the things that we had to go through, uh, character deaths in, this, in the 71 buildings. And it was just great to have that dimension of Bobby to kind of keep, keep the mood a little lighter.
1: And he certainly brought it. How much are you writing? I mean, you've got such a great cast. How much are you writing to them at this point and, you know, knowing what they can deliver for you?
0: I do. I, I mean, I consider them the co-creators of, of the show and the co-creators of the characters for sure. Um, I consult with them all the time. Um, they're um, they're bril- brilliant and um, and they have great instincts and... You know, this is something that I do every season, from the first season till now. Is I always share with them uh, their arc before we actually do pen to paper. You know, something. You know, after we break it, kind of over, generally over overall in the room, I give them a phone call, I walk them through it, and then I hear their feedback, and um, and uh, that is just so informative. It's you know, it's, it's weird because again, I've heard stories where kind of actors are kind of kept in the dark. Until the day of or whatever Here's the script and you go I always think that's, that's that's odd Because they're the ones that are going to have to bring this thing alive And so I, 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 I write to them But they also give me the feedback uh, uh, They help me in writing to them I guess I should say
1: are they playing to the end so that they know where their characters are going?
0: No, I don't. I think it would be too... Look, we, we block shoot every season, right? So the fact that they have to play something from episode 10 on the second day of shooting of the overall season is already tricky enough and a lot to put in their heads. Um, and a lot of them have asked me to not tell them. Some Sometimes they annoy me with questions about where it's going. But... Um, but i you know uh, i think I think it's better to kind of just to keep clarity and to keep everyone tra- on track um that to, we, we we take it a season at a time
1: There were so many devastating moments, but I keep thinking about grace gummer's performance at the end when she's just so sort of devastated you yeah. kind of you know you left her a shell of a person
0: yeah, and she's one of my favorite characters, and the thing about the show is we try and we try and find the deepest arc possible. And the other thing is, is that Grace is an amazing actress. So, um, so we, we knew that if we were going to take Dom deep in there and what, you know, and where the story was sort of taking her was to kind of take this person who is so patriotic and so proud to be an FBI agent and then just rip that away from her and actually kind of ask her to, to, to uh, betray everything she believes in. Um, and we just again, such a uh, that's such a sort of deep arc for the character. Uh, but we knew that Grace would you know step up and, and perform her ass off what she did. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So where does that leave Dom going into
0: next season? Well, so Dom is going, and and then this is the other reason I think why we went in this direction because now Dom is in this very interesting sort of situation, and it goes back to I think what we do a lot in this show: internal conflict, internal battle how is she going to live with herself while following dark army orders and betraying the institution she grew up to to work for and believe in um and we're going to we're going to see that inner struggle throughout the throughout the next season
1: i feel like i want to go through all the characters one by one but <laughs> let's just talk about darlene for a second yeah. cuz you've got that coda at the end where yeah. things things don't look good for our darlene yeah
0: well um She's got some um, new friends, or not so much. <laughs> she does, yeah. No, Fernando Vera is back, and he was a great. Uh, he was he was an actor that I loved uh, working with in the first season, and um, and I knew I knew that I knew that this day would come at some point, and I had to tell him to kind of kind of hold off for a few years, uh, which is a hard thing to always do because you never know what's going to happen. Um, but it 's luck-
1: amazing you were able to get him back, and he kept the secret,
0: yeah, and luckily, yeah, he was down, and he came back and um and i 'm excited to work with him again next season and uh, you know i don 't want to spoil anything but he 's not a he 's not a good dude for vera he 's fun to watch but not 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 a good dude to our characters and we 'll we 'll see what happens
1: yeah it didn 't seem like he had the best of intentions there. <laughs> And then let's just talk about Angela, because you, again, broke her down this season. Yeah,
0: Angela, you know, it's interesting, Angela, I think, um, I think you know, Angela's arc has always been interesting to me, and, and Portia actually for, informed a lot of it, especially in that first season, the shoe store scene, when she was, uh, you know, when she played that part of, like, that thing inside of her that kind of was condescending to this. Now all of a sudden she's got a job at E-Corp and she's being condescending to this guy. And it's like, whoa, does she enjoy this? And I actually didn't even know. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, maybe, maybe she does. And I love not knowing. And so I loved this sort of... Uh, that that Portia has this uncanny ability to kind of keep it close to the vessel. as you're watching her, you're always constantly wondering, well, is she on the good side or on the bad side? Like, it, where, where is she? Uh, which kind of path that she, is she has she got leanings towards. And this season we find out why she sort of in is in this very divisive place inside of her because there is a part of her that is that is, you know, from her father, Philip Price. There is a part of her that is the evil corpse side. Um, but then there's the part of her that grew up with Elliot and Darlene and um and cares for her family and cares for her father. So like there there we we kind of really define the line, the duality with her and i think given her sort of shell-shock nature of being conned by white rose and being part of this sort of devastating attack um even even though it's indirectly like i think you know we wanted to explore this sort of idea of how do people who have been radicalized you know which we kind of are seeing a lot of these days sure um how do they come out of that um how do they kind of recover and? how to put the pieces back together. And, um, yeah, I'm excited Excited to see Portia do that next season.
1: So Philip really is her father. I was, you know...
0: I, oh, I, is that...
1: I, no, once it was clear, but I just don't trust him, so I think I have this <laughs> inherent, like, maybe he's just lying to be evil.
0: No, he... Yeah, he is, yeah. yeah all
1: right. Well, and, and then, weirdly, that's,
0: you know, the thing about this show is it's always been, like, about this sort of, albeit dysfunctional, family dynamic. You know, you got Elliot his father, his ghost father, his, you know, his sister, um, and then Angela sort of being part of that core family. Um, And now when Angela realizing that Philip Price is her actual biological father, we realize, taking a step back, that that's sort of what kicked off this whole thing. I mean, had it not been for Philip Price to kind of, hide, you know, contract all safe who had no business being a cybersecurity company for one of the biggest conglomerates in the world but doing it because he had sort of this estranged relationship uh with his daughter and, and in some weird way wanted to make some connection to her and then angela then bringing on elliot her best friend who had this kind of animosity towards evil Corp, and that's what caused five nine this whole sort of on this bigger stage this whole sort of thing that happened um i just found that interesting that all these kind of like big epic things that we've explored in the show can kind of boil down to these family ties or Mm. broken ties
1: right i mean because the other thing we've always believed that mr robot pushed elliot out the window didn't happen
0: it didn't happen and what does that mean and what you know and Um, what really did go on and why did he do that and that's something again we're going to explore and it always again I, i don't think we did it consciously but i think you know on a subconscious level i think that's that's what we've been talking about this whole series is what what how do these sort of things that start these these small beginnings at the family level kind of uh end up in these sort of big places
1: we also have to give a shout-out to B.D. Wong, who I think yeah. this season just, you know, really nailed it.
0: Yeah, and he, I mean, the, the weird thing is B.D. only kind of played White Rose twice this year. This is sort of, you know, we've always kind of been more focused on the White Rose personality, and we kind of segued a little bit more into the Minister Jang, and and we see that struggle, that duality uh, in him, and he, he just portrays it so beautifully. I mean, in Episode nine. When we finally do, for the first time this season, see him as White Rose, we see the pain. We see, uh, you know, again, this guy has just committed this terrible terrorist attack, but we see the pain on on behind why, you know, that she feels she's in this man's world and she can't and she has to act like that in order to uh in order to be equal or be on anyone's level and um and not that we should forgive her for anything <laughs> um but I think BD just plays it with such empathy it's, it's it's interesting.
1: It was surprising to see that heartbreak. It's surprising to see that yeah. sort of emotional core. Yeah. How far is she willing to go?
0: Well, I think we've seen it, right? I think she's, you know, she's she, she, she's petty and she's um, and she's uh, she's sensitive she's deeply sensitive and um, and if she's willing to kind of commit this huge terrorist attack to sort of keep keep her on the level uh, with the the rest of her colleagues then I don't I think there's no telling what she would do.
1: The world has changed a lot since you first started the show I mean we're yeah. living in you know Trump's universe at this point. How much does that impact your storytelling? Do you try to tune it out?
0: No, I never try to tune anything out. I think that's a. I think that's a mistake. I think you know, you want to bring all the honest stuff that's going on inside you into your work. Otherwise, um, otherwise, you're you're uh, you're 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 keeping a lot of authenticity out. And and um, I know that in the writers' room last season when the election went down, which. You know, look. I always say it was catastrophic, not just for the country, for the world. Um, um, it, and I and I say that, and I don't say that. I'm, I'm not trying to say that casually, and I'm not trying to get into a political debate because, you know, if you want to talk about right-left politics policies, I'm very open-minded about that. Um, I, I I mean, obviously, I think I fall on on the, on, on the left side, but at the same time. Uh, you know, again, I can I can hear a healthy debate between policies, but when you're talking about a man this incoherent and inarticulate and, and unintelligent and uh, egomaniacal, um, it's it's a dangerous thing for the world, and and we all felt that in the room, and um, and we also felt a little bit of a responsibility to it, um, that we I don't know that we underestimated him, that we uh, underestimated that this could possibly happen, and. Um, And that indirect responsibility led to a lot of Elliot's sort of feeling at the beginning of the season about his responsibility in the 5-9 hack, which is a lot more direct. But that sort of energy that we were all feeling and sensing in the room, uh, that this dread that we have committed this crime by not doing something, by not doing something enough, um, definitely fueled a lot of Elliot's motivations.
1: How much does it influence where you're taking the story going forward? I mean, I know you said from the beginning you knew where you were going to go with all of this.
0: Yeah, that doesn't change. I mean, like the plotment, the the plot itself doesn't change. I just think that the that the that the energy that we we bring into the room and the energy that we bring into the characters is always constantly in being influenced by what, what how our lives are going and how we're experiencing the world.
1: This is the second season that you've directed all the episodes. How much has that influenced the storytelling and how you want to tell the story?
0: Well, I think you know. I don't think we could have done an episode five one take um, if we had uh, the more conventional sort of TV uh, schedule, um, because it allows us because we can block shoot the entire season. It allows us to give more weight to certain episodes than others, um, and also I just think stylistically it keeps the it keeps the seasons more cohesive. Um, you know, the filmmaking is a to me an integral part of this. Um, I know that traditionally TV is like you know the writer is king and the script is king and the kind of the idea is when you're on set you're documenting the script and that's that's all you're expected to do and i think um i think on this show the writers included believe that it's the filmmaking it's it's getting it onto the screen in the in the most visual, visually interesting way possible that tells that still tells the story because storytelling is still in the filmmaking. It's not just on the page. Sure. And we always like even in the writers room we always talk about that. I mean, when when we break down scenes, one of the first questions we ask is, "What's the first image? What's the first thing we see?" And then we also talk about what's the last thing we see. So that's that's always part of the conversation. And you know, like the sitcom episode, or even or even the one, especially when we break format like that. We definitely um, take into account story and the writer, It starts there. Um, so it's you know it it doing that it helps to have me directing di- directing all the episodes because it's just a, it's just such a tricky thing that be, uh, have to translate week in and week out to other guest directors.
1: So are you going to direct all the episodes next season again?
0: I am. I'm an insane person. <laughs> yeah, I know we're going to keep going. So at the end of the
1: episode. Um, s- <laughs> God, I was going to say Rami, um, he, Elliot hit send on the email. Is that where we're going to pick off, pick up next season?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, we're still working out exactly uh, when. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, Elliot, uh, we're definitely going to see the effects of that. So he's been able to essentially give the data back to E Corp, um, you know, as we as we've discussed as actually the lady of the night at the in in discusses with Darlene, is that necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, the plus the pros and cons to that. Um, we're gonna explore all that in the next season.
1: Wonderful. Well we're looking forward to seeing it. Thank you so much for coming back. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to today's show. We'll be back next time with another great episode. We'll be talking with Ed Helms about his new Comedy Central special, The Fake News with Ted Nelms. See you next time.